0: All right. Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host. I'm Darlene. And I'm going to talk today about perfectionism and particularly my struggle with perfectionism. Not even really my struggle with it, but more my realization that I was struggling with perfectionism. And I'm going to talk about how that played out in my life and in my parenting and just in general with me and what I've done to overcome a little bit of that struggle, that perfectionist tendency, um, wh- where it came from and how I realized I had it, why I realized I didn't want it anymore and um, some of the strategies I've used to get out of my own perfectionism. And I'm going to talk about how it relates to being a mom and what happens to us as women and as mothers when we try to do everything perfectly perfect. So let me get into my story for a minute. I've heard women talk about perfectionism and being a perfectionist forever. And I've never, for a long time anyway, I didn't identify as a perfectionist. I was like, that's not me. I don't need to do things perfectly. I've always kind of identified myself as like someone who gets it done. My standard has never been perfect. I've never thought that anything has to be done perfectly. Instead, I've thought that I've needed to have everything perfectly done. <laughs> okay, so how I think about it is I've never thought I am going to do everything on the list, this list perfectly. But I have thought I am going to get everything on this list done. And it was the getting it all done And crossing off those things that I wanted to be perfectly good at, right? What that meant for me is when I didn't do all the things that I had said I was going to do on the list or the commitments I made or whatever it is, I would feel like absolute shit. (laughs) Just to be really honest, if I got sick and I couldn't do something, I would feel terrible or if I made a promise to someone or told myself I was going to eat right or I was going to exercise or I was going to get this podcast episode done or I was going to make sure I called the doctors or called the insurance company or whatever it is, if I didn't do it, I felt terrible. That feeling of feeling crappy was just something I was used to. And I would actually use that feeling of feeling like a piece of shit. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm sorry, I'm swearing, but it's just the only way I could think about how I felt about myself. And I would use that like self-criticism almost like a whip, like to push me for towards higher levels of productivity. I realized over the last maybe six months that I actually wasn't okay with beating myself up anymore in terms of productivity. I wasn't okay. I I actually really wasn't okay in many ways. I, I noticed I was waking up almost every morning kind of like 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 taking a like a gasp for air. Like for a split second I would wake up and like and it was this feeling of of pressure of feeling behind constantly. And it would I you know I would have that feeling and be like and then I'd have like a, a wave of things I needed to do, and then I would start to tick, 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 tick in my head of how I was going to get it all done. And then that getting it all done would be the thing that calmed me, would be the thing that soothed me, that would get me out of my like anxiety or my worry or my, you know, feeling of, you know, that kind of panic feeling. So I was using productivity as a coping strategy to soothe my own insecurity So I'll say that again. I was using productivity as a coping strategy to soothe my insecurity. And that feeling of pressure and that feeling of like, you know, oh my God, you're so behind, you have so much to do. I got a little curious about it. Like as a life coach and as a parent coach, I was like, what is this? Like, where is this coming from? Why did I wake up feeling like I could hardly breathe. And I realized that the pressure itself was about being perfect at getting it all done. Now, why was I worried about that? I was worried that if I didn't perform, if I didn't do everything that I said I was going to do, not do it perfectly, but if I didn't get it all done, then people would be mad at me. I felt like this real deep feeling of fear and anxiety that people are constantly mad at me or that they're going to be mad at me and I need to be very good in order for people to not get mad at me. And so I would feel like I needed to read the room right, have the right conversation, look right, write my emails to you, you know, do the podcast episode, run a business right, you know, eat right, keep my house looking right parent right now what's cool for me as a parenting coach is i've worked on my my parenting for so long that i actually don't have a lot of anxiety around parenting anymore i feel really confident and comfortable and i give myself lots of grace and i've got you know the calm mama process and i work through it all the time i actually do practice that calm connect limit set correct so I didn't really have a lot of anxiety around parenting, which is great as a parent coach, you'd hope that, right? But in terms of my life, I've constantly felt like I was just one fuck up away from full abandonment by everyone who is important to me, including you, like who's listening to this podcast? Like My clients, my, you know, my audience that I'm nurturing that I want, you know, to help, to support, my friends, my family, just kind of everybody. I felt so much responsibility for everybody else's emotions towards me. I'm, it's embarrassing to say this, right? I, it's embarrassing to say I, you know, was walking around thinking I was one fuck up away from abandonment, right? But I want to be really honest with you. Um, Because I think it will help you in your own journey towards deeper self-love, self-acceptance, self-trust, you know, radical listening. That's a big part of becoming a parent is really learning to go deep inside and figure out why are you so upset? Why are you so worried? Why are you so anxious? you know, and then looking at your kid, why are they so upset? Why are they so anxious? What tools and skills do they need? Because what we're doing here in parenting is we're really helping this next generation not create coping strategies that hurt them, (laughs) right? So I'm realizing I had this coping strategy of high productivity that was hurting me. It was putting so much pressure on me. And what, what was happening really is that I was over planning and to-do list checking and hyper productivity. Those were a form of protection because at my core, I didn't feel safe, good enough, or lovable. So I was hyper vigilant and over analyzing myself because of this fear that people would leave me or hurt me or ghost me or neglect me. So what I was doing was using productivity and using co- sort of like these rules of life to keep me on some sort of leash, right? To keep me safe. I was kind of afraid of like an off-leash life. I didn't trust myself enough. I thought if I don't follow these strict rules and I don't keep to my to-do list and, you know, the things that I've committed to, then I'm going to end up wild and, you know, Uh, end up alone. And so I was keeping myself on this leash and using a subconscious list of rules that I had decided I needed to follow in order to be okay. Essentially, the top of the list was just do everything you said you were going to commit to. And if you don't, you're a piece of shit and you're going to end up alone. (laughs) But I didn't want that pressure anymore. I wanted to find a way to feel lovable and worthy and relaxed and peaceful even if I didn't do everything right, even if I didn't say all the right things and exercise and make dinner and have the groceries and have the house cleaned and grow my business and you know get this, all the this stuff done that I really want to do that are, are important to me, but can I still be okay if I don't do those things? That's what I wanted to explore. I wanted to get free from the need to be productive in order to feel safe. Now, the pressure that like, you know, self, self-criticism self as that whip, that, I was used to that. That was like forever. You know, that was just kind of the way that I coped with a with a difficult childhood and with deep insecurity it was like, okay, go be better. Go do more. And I was used to it. But at some point, I didn't want it anymore. I wanted to be free. I wanted to love myself and trust myself. And I didn't want to keep using that old coping skill of shoving it down and getting it all done. It wasn't working for me anymore. The suck it up and get to it. What was on the other side of suck it up and get to it was a fear of rejection, a fear of being hurt. What I've learned about myself is that I actually, at my core, I'm not <laughs> a lazy, horrible, mean person, right? When I have explored the not doing the things on the list, not eating right, not always saying the right thing, you know, not always getting everything done, I have found that I'm still really lovable. I'm still, people really still care about me, my family and my friends and, you know, people in my life that I don't, I'm not as at risk of abandonment and rejection as I thought I was. And that felt really great. Now, I also had to learn that even if I don't, you know, follow my own rules of life, one day, two days, five days, 12 days, months at a time, that I don't become my worst fear. I don't let you know, I don't just become someone who never takes care of themselves anymore or never reaches goals or never works hard. I have been searching for the the balance between perfectly done, right? Getting everything done perfectly. I've been looking for that balance between pursuing goals while also loving myself when I don't pursue those goals. As I was exploring how to release some of that pressure, I realized that when I listen to myself, when I listen to my body, when I listen to my belly, when I listen to my soul and my heart, and I ask, what do you want? What do you need? I've learned that when I take excellent care of myself and listen to myself and respect my own boundaries, that the pressure actually lessens at some point, it even goes away because I know that I can trust myself, that even if I don't follow my own list of rules one day, that that doesn't mean I'm a lost cause and that everyone is going to reject me forever. No, I can just get back to whatever my goals are the next day. That when I listen to myself and I give myself what I need, then I have more capacity to be productive later. It's what self-care really has become for me is deep listening and deep trust. Letting go of that pressure to be perfect. The pressure to have everything perfectly done, right? Right productivity is sort of like my drug. It's the thing I do when I'm overwhelmed. It's the way I cope. I pour myself into my do, my to-do list and getting it all done. And I don't always want to do that. I'd like to be able to cope with my own insecurity or anxiety or overwhelm in different ways. Maybe it's not tackling the to-do list. Instead, maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's having a day where I just watch TV or read or go to the beach with my kids or call a friend or just lay down. Instead of beating myself into productivity in order to prove my worthiness and my love, what would it look like if I just loved myself and gave myself what I needed? And what I've noticed is that when I do that, the pressure lessens. And I, I feel much better actually. It's good. It works. So I'm sharing this on the podcast because I see this so much with women and moms in particular. You know, last week I released that podcast episode all about codependency. And It really got me thinking about how our codependent behavior is rooted in the way that we're socialized. We're trained from an early age to believe that it's our role in life to serve and please others. And that has a lot to do with doing things, right? Feminine conditioning is all about conditioning women to put the needs of others before our own. We receive these messages as women that our identity and our self-worth is directly connected to how we perform, what we look like, how we act, how our kids act, what our kids look like. So then if for whatever reason in motherhood, our kids aren't well-behaved, they're not good students, they're not kind, they're not good at sports, they're not neurotypical, they're not attractive, then there's something wrong with us, right? We are basing our value in our society based on performance by getting it all done, by doing it all. Right. There's this subconscious value system in parenting and in motherhood specifically that sacrifice is a virtue that being like the best mom is the most tired mom. That if you aren't super stressed and overwhelmed by parenting, you're probably not a very good mom. There's this undercurrent in parenting that is this like my to-do list obsession and my productivity obsession is from my own trauma as a child, but it's also from society. I've been given that message that if I don't show up in a certain way, I don't look a certain way, I don't have all my shit together, then I'm not going to be liked, that I'm not going to be valued, that our value is based on how we perform, right? It's But it's bullshit. There's this pressure on women to do it all do it all well, and smile while you're doing it. And it's like if you half, if you do half of it or you half-ass it or you can't get it done or you don't smile through it, then you're left feeling like crap, like there's something wrong with you, like you're not a good woman or a good wife or a good mom. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart for me and it breaks my heart for you. That we as moms are walking around thinking that our value is based on what we do, or how our kids perform. No, you are worthy of love and have the right to call yourself a good mom, no matter how your kids behave. You're worthy of love and have the right to call yourself a good mom, even if you prioritize your well-being over your children's schedule, diet, schoolwork, sports events, social life, and whatever else society tells you is the most important thing. If you prioritize your rest or your self-care or your business or your goals over your children, we're really pressured to think that we're being bad moms. And I just (laughs) know. Like, you're worthy. You're worthy of love and and acceptance and the right to call yourself a good mom. You are worthy of love purely because you're here in the world right now not because of what you do, not because of how much you get done. Your existence is your validation, nothing that you do or don't do. Because I hear this from women. They walk around thinking, God, something must be wrong with me. Everyone else seems to have it together. And honestly, I think that people probably have looked at me that way because I've been highly capable and highly productive as a mother. You know, I have a business and I've been you know, PTA president. And I ran a, you know, I started an organization of a thousand women who who, um, advocated for social justice. Like I've done big things and looked good doing it. And I think there's this pressure of like, well, I'm not like her, but I want you to know that most of us walk around thinking something is wrong with me, right? We're worried about the same shit of like, are we good enough? Now, so society, it, they benefit from keeping women insecure because when we are seeking, when we're insecure, when we can't find security within ourselves, then we go seek it outside of ourselves and then that keeps us doing all the things for everyone else. Doing all that mental and unpaid labor that women take on out of duty and people pleasing. Like on a normal day, there is so much for moms to do you know, it was like getting kids to soccer and making dinner and helping with homework and snuggling at bedtime and finishing up the laundry and cleaning up the kitchen after dinner. Like all of that, that is a lot. And then you have this pressure like, oh, you need to work and take care of yourself and have hobbies and, you know, manage your marriage and take care of your elderly parents. Like it's ridiculous. Women are expected to do so much and moms in particular. And That physical exhaustion, the emotional burden, the pressure, it's just a lot. And if you're like me, you're like, oh, I better work harder, work smarter, get more done, be more efficient. No. What if we learn to just opt out, right? What if we learn how to say enough? I'm just not doing it. I'm going to do my bare minimums. I'm going to just figure out what is actually necessary. Now, The holidays, okay, like regular day in and day out is a lot, but then you add the holidays and it feels like this extreme pressure to now hype it all up and now you're really going to have to get a lot done, right? You walk into a store right now and you're reminded that you're supposed to be decorating and sending holiday cards and getting new outfits and buying presents. What would happen this holiday season if you decided that you're worthy of love and you're precious and you're doing it all perfectly okay, even if you don't do a bunch of extra stuff. If you believed that you didn't have to do anything extra, what would you opt out of? What would you say no to? And what would you say yes to? What would you do if there were no rules or no expectations? So these are the, this topic is why I'm exploring this conversation in my upcoming event Say No to Holiday Burnout because I really want you to understand how to opt out of shit. Stop people pleasing so that you can have a holiday season that you enjoy. When I think about the holidays, what I want for you to do is do what you actually want to do. Like if you love decorating, I want you to decorate the hell out of your house and enjoy every second of it. But if you don't want to decorate, I want you to feel free to opt out of that. If you love baking, awesome. If you love baking with kids, oh, God bless you. But if you don't like any baking or you don't want to bake with your kids, don't. If you love figuring out what everybody wants and getting the right gifts from their wish list and wrapping those gifts beautifully and all of that, then do it. But if you just want to get everybody new slippers and call it a day, do that. You don't need to do anything to earn anybody's love or appreciation, including your own. You are worthy of love and acceptance and appreciation exactly as you are and exactly how you show up, no matter what that looks like. You don't need an Instagram worthy life. I want you to feel the permission to say yes to things this season and permission to say no I'm gonna give you in this workshop, the tools to deal with all the side eye glances and the passive aggressive comments from other moms and teachers and siblings and your parents, when you're like, yeah, we're just not gonna do the like holiday gift exchange. Can you imagine how to be strong enough in yourself to say that or to say, yeah, I don't know, we're just not getting a tree because I don't like to deal with it. Or whatever. But if you love your tree, get it. I want you to head into December with clarity and confidence and feeling super calm. And I want you to do this work in a group setting. Because when you go in a group and you know that you aren't the only one feeling the pressure to do it all, then you're going to feel better about all of it. You're not going to be like, oh, it's not only me. (laughs) Right When you come to a Zoom and you look around that Zoom room and you start to notice like other women are feeling this way and then other women are learning to opt out and it's okay to stop trying to please everybody and you get that support and that encouragement from me and from other women in that room, it's going to feel really powerful. Because listen, it's okay to make your life work for you. It's okay to not do that to-do list. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not do everything perfectly or to get everything perfectly done. It's okay to be honest with yourself about what capacity you have and just do that. Not beat yourself up for it or criticize yourself or fall into bed at night feeling like a shitty mom or feeling guilty. That's why I'm doing this event and that's why I want you there. And I really hope you sign up because it's going to be incredible. It's probably the best gift you can give yourself this holiday season, and it's free. It's Say No to Holiday Burnout. I'm going to do two different events, one at night and one in the morning. So it's Tuesday, November 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific, and then Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, November 30th. I'm going to have two different discussions. You can come to both if you want, or you can just come to one. And I'm going to help you understand what it is you want, where the pressure comes from in the first place. And then what is it you want to drop? What is it you want to do? And then give you the tools to make that happen. It's going to be incredible. I really i am very excited about this event. Um, and I'll put together a workbook like I always do that is always like jam-packed, full of like, you know, amazing content. And so you'll register at um, com backslash, backslash holiday underscore burnout or you can get the link, you know, in the show notes. We'll put those in there. It's in two weeks and um, I can't wait. I'm really excited about it. So as we wrap up this week, here here's what I want you to really think about besides signing up for the um, discussion group. I want you to think about where, how you feel when you don't get something done that you said you were going to do. Even like, I want you to learn to figure out why you said yes in the first place. (laughs) But for now, I want you just to think about what comes up for you when you forget to do something or you wrote it down or it's been on your list for weeks or you kind of, Keep procrastinating about a project or something that you want to work on. What are your thoughts? Are they I'm a piece of shit thoughts like mine or how mine used to be? I'm working on it. Or are they kinder? Just notice, just pay attention. That's what I want you to do this week. And of course, I want you to sign up for Say No to Holiday Burnout. And, um, Yeah. So I am going to do a podcast next week for Thanksgiving. I'm going to talk about gratitude, weaponized gratitude. You're going to love it. Um, but in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. Talk to you next time.